So this is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is the true word of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that you've given to us, which is reliable and trustworthy. Thank you, Father, for wanting us to know these things that have happened and the purpose for them. Thank you, Father, and let your word always abide in our minds and in our souls. Help us to hear, Father, your word. For we pray these things all in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, recently I read something that I'd never known before, and something I never even thought was possible. I did not know that a certain part of the light can actually reach into your brain. I always assumed that it couldn't get past my thick skull. But you know, light's made up of different wavelengths. Right? That's why we can have rainbows. That's why we have prisms. So we can see a little bit of it, like the blues, the greens, the reds. There's also a lot that we don't see. Things like the infrared, and the ultraviolet, and the x-rays, and that part of the spectrum. But from what I read from an actual scientist, um, not just someone trying to make this up, he said that when we're actually outside without something like a roof to block that light, there's a part of that spectrum that does reach into the brain with that light and that warmth. So no matter how often I feel otherwise, my brain's not always in the dark. And neither is yours. Today, God tells us about Pentecost. We hear about the Holy Spirit reaching the minds and the souls of people. People who had been timid and frightened were now boldly talking about Jesus Christ to the crowds, even in languages that they'd never learned. Listeners were hearing about Jesus. That's the important part, with some of them coming to faith in Christ. Others heard too, but somehow they were blocking the work of the Holy Spirit, stopping him from reaching their minds and their souls with good news, staying in the dark. The Bible talks to us about light. Jesus has told us that he is the light of the world. We hear in Scripture, God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? In Acts chapter 2, 
It's ten days after Jesus ascended back home to heaven. And the believers were almost ready to move forward, but not quite. Jesus had told them before he left to go and make disciples of all nations by baptizing and by teaching. They would not be able to do that by continuing to hide in Jerusalem. At the same time, they could not go and bring God's word to people by their own wisdom or strength or courage. You know how hard it is to speak in public in front of people. I know one pastor, I'm not going to say a name, but he actually, first time he preached in, in a pulpit, which is a comfortable place, right? Anyway, he actually blacked out and fell down. I'm not going to tell you who, okay? Don't want to embarrass him, but he, said, he was telling this to a youth group up in northern Minnesota. So, how are they supposed to do this? Even a, a crowd that's largely hostile with Romans and the Jewish authorities who were who would try to shut them down. It was Pentecost. This was one of the harvest days uh, that the Jews had every single year. This is the reason why there were such big crowds in this in the city of Jerusalem. That's the day. The Holy Spirit descended to all the disciples and other believers who were together in one place. Suddenly, they were all talking about Jesus, about who He is and about what He had done. And they were saying all of these things in languages that they did not know. But these were the native languages of the people who'd come to Jerusalem from all across that area of the world in their own languages, the ones, their heart languages, the ones they were the most comfortable with. People in the crowd are hearing about the Savior, the promised Messiah, the Son of God, who would come to seek and to save the lost, who had left heaven and been born as a human baby and had been crucified and raised back to life and ascended back into heaven. As the listeners said, The disciples were saying these things in our own tongues, the mighty works of God. Some of these listeners paid attention. Some of the listeners ridiculed them, saying that it was just that new wine that was making the disciples babble all that nonsense. But on this great and magnificent day, And on every day ever since then, everyone who heard the word of God and called upon the name of the Lord would be saved. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He uses our imperfect human voices to proclaim the perfect word of God. And at the same time, he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies listeners. Holy Spirit's at work at both ends, the one who's speaking and the one who's listening. So this was a very different kind of day. But this did not come out of nowhere. The Holy Spirit used Peter's voice to take the listeners just back into the past. Sometime, 
about 800 years earlier, the same Holy Spirit had inspired the prophet Joel to say this to God's people. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions even on the male and female servants in those days. I will pour my spirit. So look back all the way to Joel so that they could see what God was doing on that very day. In fact, if you want to, one of the readings we had earlier for today over at Fairbury pointed out, you you can look all the way back to Moses Because our text was about, our Old Testament text was about a time when his assistant, Joshua, came rushing up to Moses, complaining that all of those other people who were not authorized to do this were proclaiming the word of God. And Moses responded to Joshua, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put His Spirit on them. Well, these words of Moses were fulfilled on Pentecost. So again, look to the past, what God has done as you're going into the future. The Holy Spirit is using people's voices to tell people about Christ. Now, this looks like something new that God was doing, I mean, if you look in the Old Testament, you see times when the Holy Spirit did come to people, but it was a little different. It was to specific individuals for a specific amount of time. What's happening that's a little different here is that the Holy Spirit was coming to all believers, each and every believers, and he's not leaving. It's kind of, in a way, something new. But at the same time, at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was not erasing anything that God had said in the past. The Holy Spirit was not changing the truth. Not even a dot or an iota was going to be changed. The Holy Spirit was using these human voices to tell people how Jesus was fulfilling all of those words of God in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit wanted people to know that God was keeping his word. The Old Testament is the foundation of the New Testament. You know, as Lutherans, we talk about law and gospel. They're both there in the Old Testament too. Judgment and grace are both there. Warnings and promises are both there. And if you look, you even find the Messiah's execution and his resurrection there in the pages of the Old Testament hundreds of years before those events happened. So keep searching the scriptures. God was letting God's people know what happened or what would happen. And then after they happened, God was letting them know the purpose for those things happening. The Old Testament prepares the way for Jesus. All of scriptures prepares the way for you. Truth does not change. 
God's word does not change. God himself does not change. In fact, look in the book of Malachi because that's exactly what he says. and He would know. And then in the New Testament, God says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. I know some of us would like to change God and change his word, change the Holy Spirit, but his being constant is very, very good news. If the Holy Spirit were to keep on changing, if God's word were to keep changing, if the truth were to keep changing, that would mean that we have a God that we cannot count on. A changeable God might change his promises to us. He might change his mind about us. Instead, what you find is he is reliable and solid and always keeps his word. And his word reaches people through our imperfect human voices, like he's been doing before Pentecost and ever since Pentecost, and as long as this world exists. So the Holy Spirit was moving God's people forward by shining his light into the past. In a way, that kind of describes being a Christian here in this world. The Christian walks into the future, in a way, looking backwards. That's faith. Because I have no idea what's going to be happening this afternoon. I have plans, yes. I could get a flat tire, or I could hit an eagle, or who knows what will happen. I don't know what's going to happen next week. I know Karen's going up to see the doctor again. I don't know what's going to happen next month, except Karen getting her port out. Otherwise, and, the, and the annual conference, of course. I hope to see you there. But we don't know what's going to be coming up. We don't see where we're going. We do know the destination. That's God's home. But we get there by looking at what God has already done for his people in the past and how he's always been faithful in the past. Looking back, we can move forward into the future no matter what happens with confidence and with boldness Trusting that the Lord always knows where he's leading us. We can rely on him still today and always. Today, God's promises still stand. God's faithfulness still continues. God's word is still reaching people. And the Holy Spirit is still using our voices. Even though our eyes don't see the way ahead, God's word is there reaching our minds, and our souls. So we go into the future as the Holy Spirit has us looking back to the cross because that's where we see the depth and the strength of the love of God for us most clearly. The cross shows us clearly the extent that God will go for us to rescue us. The cross shows us that Jesus has paid the price of our sins for us, that Jesus took our condemnation in our place, so we really are truly and completely forgiven. Paul wrote to the Romans, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And as Jesus has said, 
because I live, you also will live. So look to the cross and look back further than that. Move into the future as God has us looking back through the Old Testament. Open those pages and see God's promises. See how God cared for and was watching over his people. See how he would seek after them over and over again, even after they had turned their backs against him over and over again. See how God was faithful to them, even during plagues and exiles and idolatry. See how Adam and Eve broke faith and how quickly God promised them a Savior and how everything after that was working toward God keeping the promise that God had made to them and for us. So everything even today is working toward God keeping his promises that we will see God with our own eyes, face to face, boldly and fearlessly because of what Christ has done. So look back to the Old Testament so you can look into the future. And I'd also encourage you to look back even further than that. The Holy Spirit would like you to look all the way back to Eden. Because in the beginning, God made the earth, God made all of creation, God made all the life that fills it, and every piece of it was good. And then looking back at all of creation, God saw that it was all very good. What a life that must have been. Creation is not the way anymore that God made it. We sin, let's admit it. Sin brings in the bad things that God did not create. The lies, the thefts, the cheating, the violence, the dehumanizing of other people, the natural disasters, the illness, and the death. The Holy Spirit shows us the past so we can know where we're heading. Because that kind of life that God provided before the fall, God is also providing in the future for everyone who trusts him. It's, given, it's being given back to us through Christ. Once the universe, the earth, life was new, it's going to be made new again. A universe made new, earth made new, you made new. No sin, none at all, of any sort, anywhere to be found. And that newness has begun already. It will be completed in the future. That day is coming. So look back to Eden as we move into the future in the home of God with perfect health, perfect trust, perfect life. God has made the promise. God always keeps his promise. You know, people were tempted in Eden to disregard God's word. And we're tempted now to give up his promises to us in spite of how good that news really is. For some reason, it's actually tempting to us 
to turn away from this long history of God's faithfulness. To turn into the future, yes, but relying on our own wisdom and our own strength. To make our own ways according to what seems right at the moment. Unreached by God's word. Shutting out the Holy Spirit. It's like turning out the lights and trying to find our own way in complete darkness and stumbling and falling and getting ourselves lost. But that light is still shining. Sometimes we'd rather follow whatever the next big thing is. We might convince ourselves that we can change God to make Him accept our ways, to make Him be harder on those certain other people or to reward us because we've been so good, or to accept our excuses. We easily run into the future blindly. God would reach us with his light. So stop. Look back. Look back at the cross. Look back at God's history of unending faithfulness. Look back to that paradise that he had created for us and intended for us. The Holy Spirit calls on us then to repent, to turn back to the cross on which Jesus gave his life for you. Turn back to the word of God through which God is speaking honestly to you. To turn back to the rescue that God has created in order to make you new. Look back at what God has done. Trust God for where you are going. That good news deserves to fill our voices. Pentecost is about letting people in this world know what God has done so people can hear, so that it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So may his light and his warmth reach our minds and our souls. And may the Holy Spirit use our voices and our time for his light and his warmth to reach many, many people around this entire world and in this community and in this congregation and in our homes. That's ours by God's grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that what you have done on Pentecost does continue. Thank you, Father, that your word is reaching people even through our imperfect voices. Let your word continue to reach us and our family members and our friends and our neighbors and all the strangers around the world. Let your word reach people, Father, with your truth, your honesty, with your mercy and your compassion. We want everyone on this, in this planet to know Jesus Christ and him crucified and him risen. Father, we want them to know why. So thank you for using our voices. And let our voices always tell the truth and always do so with love with gentleness and with respect, as your word says. It's not our place to hide your word in the dark. 
but to express it, to show it, to teach it, to let people know. So let your word come, Father, and let it come even through us. For Father, we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, the Savior. Amen.